Hi, I'm Dolly Duran, and you're listening to Wake Up and Be Awesome podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new here, this is what you can expect. Once a week, I'll be interviewing a different person, someone whose journey I find inspirational, and hopefully you will too. Most of the people I consider mentors and friends, but some guests will be new to me as well thought leaders, and motivational influencers whom I look up to. I'll post new episodes each Monday. I think you're going to like what you're about to hear. However, I'm always open for feedback. I hope you will learn something new from every guest I have on the podcast, as I know I will too. My guest today is Shirley Tolliver. She's the founder and chief power officer of Life on Power and she's on a mission to convince women that unless they are living within their passion and purpose, she hasn't yet shown up for her real life's work. Life on Power empowers women to stand tall in their passion and purpose. Shirley Tolliver is a transformational speaker, life and leadership coach, and is a senior HR professional right here in South Florida. Shirley is also a 2017 recipient of Legacy Magazine's 50 Most Powerful. Shirley and her husband are 2017 recipients of the Power Couple Award presented by New Visions Community Development Corporation, and she's also a contributor to several publications, including the Women of Color Empowerment Institute's Women Lead Magazine. Shirley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dolly. I appreciate you inviting me to um, um, join you and your guests. Awesome, thank you. Wow, it seems like we share very similar values. And I have to say, I love following you on social media because each time I read any one of your posts, I find myself saying, yes, yes, because they're so full of positive energy and empowerment. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you, Dolly. That is amazing to hear that. Thank you so much. <laughs> sure. So, Let's start with Life on Power. Can you tell me what is Life on Power? Life on Power is a global women empowerment movement. So I'm starting at the end when I say global, but um, it, it is the, the women specifically that are successful. They have accomplished, but, and they're happy, but they haven't yet gotten excited about their end. They're just right in the middle and they've accomplished a whole lot but they haven't yet determined what their end is going to look like, how we would know she was here. Mm, so we're talking about leaving a legacy type of stuff. That's big. Yes. Yeah. The only way to live is powerful. And the only way to leave a legacy is to be powerful and to live power, so powerful. Let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Sure. And so how did you get the idea? How was this created? It was created by the help of actually using um, one of my um, trusted mentors and friends. And I had gotten to a roadblock, whereas everything was great, Dolly. I, I can't tell you that something negative happened. Something negative did happen that we will talk about later on in the podcast. But mostly, everything's going pretty well. But it, I kept thinking there had to be more for me to do. There had to be more for me to serve. Um, I do believe that serving is a part of the return on investment we have for the lives that we live. And I felt that had to be more for me to serve. So I went back in the journals that I had over the years had. And with the help of a trusted mentor, 
Um, she said, you talk about power a lot. You talk about, you know, really being courageous a lot in all of your journals. And so let's create something around just that. And we created Life on Power from that. Fantastic. So things were going great. Everything was, was fantastic. But you felt like the sort of need to give back? Is that to give I- back in a deeper way. Because I give back and I serve. If you follow me, you know that I'm always supporting someone. I am, you know, I, I, I share my wisdom, all of those things consistently. But how do I give back on a deeper level um, so that I can create legacy, not just for my immediate circle, my friends and my children, but how do I create a legacy for women globally? Sure. Fantastic. All right. Um, and can you tell me what is the overarching message in on life on power? The overarching, the overarching message is that to create powerful legacy. That's it. It's very simple. That is what, when women are connected to me, if there's any experience that I create, whether it be my annual luncheon or any other discussion itself, my goal is to, is for every woman to leave their knowing that they were already born with the power that they need to impact any change. You already have it, darling. You're not looking for it. No one has to give it to you. You already have it. You just have to start using your amenities. All right. And how do you instill this in them? Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yes, I several several ways. That's why I talk about the 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 fact that Life on Power offers several experiences and opportunities. So I'm a life coach and a leadership coach. So a, a lot of women need the one on one, are looking for the one on one, so that they're, they continue to be authentic to their gift and their passion. But then I also have small discussions. This year, because it's 2019, I'm going right through the um, fruits of the spirit because there are nine fruits of the spirit. So Life on Power is also faith-based. You know, every, all my delivery comes from the vision that God's given, God gives me. Sure. Mm-hmm. So this year, we'll be going through the fruits of the spirit with small discussions. But then I have my annual luncheon. What if she knew she was powerful? And that is a mid-year level up for every woman that comes there. You've started the year off, you've had some goals, and most of the time we do not attain those goals because we let distractions get in the way. And those distractions, though, they stop us from being the powerful version of ourselves. How do we get past that? How do we get past these distractions? Because that's everyday life. It's coming at us. (laughs) Once you discover exactly what you were created to do and be, and in my case, my foundation is my relationship, my spirituality, my relationship with God. So my belief is that if he created the universe, if he created the world, and if he created me, then why would he have used the power that, all, that he already has to give me a gift that can impact the world? So when I begin to feel discouraged or distracted about maybe this is too big, Maybe this is um, too much. Maybe I'm going too fast um, and, and too far. I remember that he gave me permission in Jeremiah 29, 11, when he said he wanted me to prosper. So if he wants me to prosper, then there's nothing that I can't distraction. Recognize it and move past it. You can't ignore it. Recognize it and move past it. Wow. So it really, really comes down to believing. Would you agree? 
What you believe is exactly what you're going to do. What you believe is exactly what you're not going to do. That's right. I think it was uh, Henry Ford that says, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. You're right. (laughs) He was right. Absolutely. Okay, so can you tell me about fulfillment, leadership, spirituality, and relationships? Oh, some of my, so the, um, the Life on Power brand has seven, seven power principles that's attached to it. And those are some of them um, that's attached to it. So fulfillment to me is that um, I believe that we were all, we were, we were created to always live in overflow. So how I describe fulfillment is that we feel, we full, we feel, we full. We're never living in a depleted state. And the only way we can live in a depleted state is if we're 100% living, loving, and doing business within our passion, our purpose. We have a plan that we're going for with that. And in every day and every time a distraction comes, we obliterate fear and move forward. Sure. And so you're only fulfilled if you're filling up within your passion and your purpose. You are not meant to live in a depleted state and that is why you can be accomplished you can be successful but you're not quite living in that fulfillment there is something that's depleted there's a gap there sure how do you obliterate fear by just that you you by recognizing it that i am scared this is kind of big you know i could actually fail and fall on my face Mm -hmm. but i'm determined to get back up every time Every time. Mm. Fear, saying yes doesn't mean you're not going to fail. Right. But, but that's the, not the end of the world either. <laughs> what did you say, Dolly? Failure is not the end of the world. Well, it never has been. If right. you look back at your own life, how many times have you failed and look at where you are now? Right. Right. And, and I think you're right. I think that many people are afraid of failure without recognizing it's inevitable. It's a part of life and it's a learning experience. You just move past it. And what did you get from it? That's exactly what it is. And, and the next time you do it again, that fear you're going to feel is actually not the same fear because you've arrested that first fear. It's just a cousin of that fear. So it's not even as big as it was once you just go ahead and do it. Sure. Okay. All right. And what about the other ones? Leadership, spirituality, relationships. Spirituality is exactly where I pull everything from. It is, it is what would give me what I need when I don't know what I need. So my spirituality comes from my belief of God and his son and his son, Jesus, and my Christianity. Mm -hmm. So for me, my spirituality, anytime I am in this space where it's fear, it's distraction, it's Mm -hmm. the unknown, and it's a whole lot coming at me at one time. My spirituality gets me to go to a word that I read in the Bible, or it reminds me of something in my journal that I already gave me. So it gives me what, what I don't know that I already have. I'm not relying on me, Dolly. I'm relying on what God, who God says I am. So when I rely on me, I'm living in limitations. When I'm relying on God, I'm living with his infinite Mm, I love that. So again, it's remembering and recognizing who is in control, right? Yes. Yes. Talk to me about relationships. Man, every relationship you have, 
is just that. Whether it's at work, um, a love relationship with your children and your parents, you have to see them all as relationships. So they have to be built. There's an action that you have to take for that relationship. But I, for me to actually manage everything that I have, all of my relationships is in something that looks like a bullseye, like when you throw in the dart, right? So the bullseye is a very small area. It doesn't fit a whole lot. It really only fits the, the dart that you're throwing. So everyone that has the capacity to really impact your life and your love, they should be in that dart. Everybody else should be on the outer circles. If you're trying to live with too many people within that little, that little circle, that small space, mm-hmm. you're going to be overwhelmed and they're going to deplete you because there's not enough space. So... I'm sorry, but is there like, you know, I don't know, a, a certain order? Obviously, there's family, there's yes. close there's, friends. There's even, fa- there's even family that doesn't, that doesn't belong in that little circle. So in that circle right. is my husband first and my, and my children and, um, and my parents. Then on the outer circle are family members that are just important to me, but they may not be in that circle. So they could be, you know, the close aunts, the close cousins. Uh, my my best friend since I was 12 years old, she's not even at, in that middle circle. She's in the circle that's outside of that. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I have to balance the two. I love her. To, I love her to the moon. But my husband is my my he he is the person that I'm going to live and die with. Sure. He's the one I'm going to make all those great decisions with him. So um, and then my colleagues, they're on the really outer circle of them. I, I, you know, I may have an affectionate for them and like them and love them and, and all the, the people that I've networked with, but they're not in the mid circle. So I'm not saying yes to everybody that I'm trying to fit in this little dart, this little middle of that circle. Sure. I can't say no to them because I've managed my circle. Right. And that's about prioritizing, right? Sort of your life. Prioritizing. And the once people they, in your life. Yes. And once you, you know, they, 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 they know that you love them, but they know you, your no is an affectionate and a loving no, they'll be okay with that, Dolly. Right, right. Um, and what about the relationships at work? Um, there's two ways of looking at it. You see the people mm-hmm. that are just way too friendly, you know, and then there's others who say, you know, on the, on the complete other end, I'm not here to make friends. I'm just here, you know, to work. And that's their philosophy. What's your take on that? And so being in human resources, one of the things I coach a, a lot of my leaders on is that your reaction and your response is what will matter every time. Whether you're dealing with the person that, who says, I'm not here to make friends or the person that's extremely overly friendly. It is not about, what it's not about their personality or even their character. It is how I'm responding and reacting to them. The person that's not here to make friends, it's still okay for me to say good morning and ask, how are you today? Sure. Because in, my, in, in, in most of those instances, at some point, then they'll, be, they'll soften up to at least say good morning. I'm coming to work to create a congenial environment around me. Mm-hmm. I'm not waiting for someone else to do it for me. That's the right. That's, that's over-friendly. I may need to say no sometimes when they're asking me for something. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. That's, um, yeah, I think that that's 
fantastic knowing that you are responsible just for yourself, you know, and what you bring, you're not, you can't control any person in your environment, including at work. Correct. And you trying to control it is a distraction. Absolutely. And forcing outcomes. That's yeah. detrimental. Shirley, can you tell me about a time that you failed and what did you learn from it? I'm going to say, so when, when I knew that when you asked this question, Dolly, that um, I was going to, and I, when I wrote down on my sheet you gave me, I think I wrote a few words down because at this age and stage in my life and my career, what I think about every failure is that it is just a reset. Now, I would call one of my biggest one. I can talk about um, when I made the wrong decision and got married at a young age. All those things are failures, but now at this age and stage, what I see them as are resets. So, you know, what this, the disappointment, the betrayal, all those things I felt, I felt them, but I got right back up on a reset itself. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my major failures is that as I was going on in my career, um, I, I, I got tunnel vision. That's how I know to talk about how to manage people in the workplace. My tunnel vision was I, I wanted to get to this level, this space, and this area at this particular time frame. So my tunnel vision was that I wasn't paying attention to everything else that was going on around me. If I had, then the failure would not have been so, the fall would not have been so long for me. Well, I got to that particular stage. I should have gotten exactly what I wanted and it did not happen. And to me, I looked at it as failure, but it really wasn't. It was God resetting me where he really wanted me to be. And that's really how Life on Power started. Interesting. So I like that philosophy that obviously we talked earlier how failure is just a part of life. Um, and I like how you're, you're saying that fa it wasn't really failure. It's just a reset. It's like, oh, okay, that's not the direction I was supposed to go. And I like how you are always referring to a higher power because that's who's guiding and leading you. That is why that's the first power principle for life on power, which is spirituality. It trickles down to everything else. Okay. All right. Um, can you tell me about the life-changing experience you had working in corporate America? It, it was, so the, the actual experience itself was, um, you know, when I say I had tunnel vision, I was taking a 10 p.m. calls, Dolly. Mm -hmm. I was, um, if I needed to do something Saturday and Sunday, that was me. I was that person that you could call. I was going to get results. Mm -hmm. um, really, in, in, if, if it was enough time in the day, I was going to use that time in the day to get results. Um, I remember going to a concert with my husband years ago, and I fell asleep on the way there and on the way back, And because I was really trying to get home and get back on the laptop. But we were trying to do a Friday night date. So I was that person, and I was the person known for results. I was known for creating and building relationships and getting results. I was so turned on on the opportunity that I had been working for for so long. The door was closed shut and the knob, I couldn't even get to the knob, it was locked. It was devastating for me because I put so much time, so much energy and so much emotion. But what was the aha moment? Like, and, what happened? How did you realize I can't continue like this? And so when, when, it's when that, that door wouldn't open for me. But initially, there was no aha moment, Dolly, if I have to be honest with you and your um, listeners. Initially, it was just anger. Initially, it was just disappointment and betrayal. That's it. And that happened for about 
not quite a year, but it was obviously different um, when it, you know, when it showed up at work, it showed up at home. Initially, there was no moment, but because my ground floor of everything I did was a, was my relationship with God and the journaling that I would always do, I wanted to find out where did I go wrong. So for me, I went back to my journals. And actually, every client I have, we begin with me teaching them how to journal because of the healing that came from me looking back at my journals. And I look back at my journals, what I saw was a pathway and a roadmap. And he, God was actually showing me in all my journaling that all dope human resources was what I did. It was not who he created me to be. It was a vessel he was using to get me to today, to life on power and, and, to, and to empower women and people globally because I had a gift. The reason why I was able to build relationships so great is because people were drawn to me no matter what level they are, whether they were executives or, or someone just on the ground for hourly. It was drawn to me a lot. So, and, so it wasn't to be used for HR. It was in this area. Okay. So he, he led you to see that, to see that you were made for more. That's not who you were. Yes. That's who I was. And that was the aha. Um, probably about eight that. And that is when I got up and said, okay, so what do I do with this aha moment? Mm, I see. So, so what I'm hearing is, you know, you had this experience where you were working ungodly hours. You were answering emails at 10 o'clock at night, working Saturdays and Sundays. You know, that did not transform in what you, you know, had envisioned and, and, and wanted. Um, but instead of retreating and, you know, considering yourself a victim, you know, you said, what is the purpose of this? And you found that purpose. And that's why you created Life on Power. Yes, I found the why. I, I was accomplished and successful, but I didn't realize I wasn't yet excited about living in life. Right. That's, uh, that's pretty powerful stuff right there, Shirley. Um, because, you know, from that experience, you found your purpose and you're able to share it with many. I think that's phenomenal. Absolutely, darling. And living this way, do you know, that? of course, there's still been some disappointments and all those things. But the way I see them is, is, is so much more fluid that um, it, 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 I hardly am taken to my knees. I, there are some things that will take all of us to our knees. But um, those disappointments that happen now, um, I, I literally, you know, think through them and what, what do I want my legacy to look like? So now I take this failure, I take this challenge, and how do I apply it to my legacy? Hmm. That sounds good. Um, can you give us an example of how you've applied, you know, something like that, like a failure or a disappointment? In my particular case, so I, we made, I had made the, made the decision recently to come back to our roots, meaning where I grew up at. Um, I had moved totally out of the area. But when I think about what my, my, my mother, I'm an only child, what she needed, you know, and where I was, I was comfortable. I had my, everything was set up for life on power. For me to make the move to come back to my roots, I, that meant that I was probably going to have to give up experiences. So, but I, I, in, on the right side, I had conveniences. On the left side, 
I look at legacy and how it's going to impact my, my life on power, my family, my mother who is 72, and to to decision that was more based on legacy. All the this side of Florida. Okay. Um, Shirley, can you tell me who do you look up to and who inspires you? I'm sorry, the signal. I'm sorry, Dal, I didn't hear you. What did you say? Oh, that's okay. I, I asked, who do you look up to and who inspires you? My mother. My mother is an enterprising woman, has always been an enterprising woman. And I didn't realize that until I, in, probably in my early 40s, darling. I, we had always been close, but I never thought of her One. My mother um, um, has taught me be relationship. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. She taught you what? The, the way that I build relationships, it comes directly mm-hmm. from her. I'm the product of a blended family. She taught me to be relational. Um, so I am the product of a blended family environment. Mm-hmm. And the, normally when you talk about blended family, you talk about challenges and difficulties. Sure. Well, I didn't experience any challenges and difficulties. Nice. And you attribute that to your mother's teaching. Based on Yes, yes. That's wonderful. Um, do you have any recommended books, any favorite books you would recommend to read? Of course, my favorite is the Bible. My, my favorite favorite is the Bible. But aside from that, it is the Prayer of Jabez. Prayer of Jabez. Tell yes. us about that book. So the Prayer of Jabez is a small book, Dolly, and you can read it over and over again, but it gives you a whole lot of nuggets on when it comes to expanding your territory because one of my gifts is building relationships and being relational. It would speak, the Prayer of Jabez would speak to me because that portion in the Bible, when Jabez shows up in the Bible, is only one chapter. So he didn't get like a full book. It's only one particular chapter in the book. But um, when, I, when I'm looking at my notes in it, and I actually took that out um, earlier when you asked, talk, said that you were going to um, talk about that, I looked at notes that talked about, you know, the experience you, you, you have to have, that things start badly for a person that no one ever heard of. But at the end of it, they, they see that they've expanded their gifts, they've expanded their emotional fortitude, they've expanded their wisdom, and they've expanded their relationships. And some of our worst challenges that we've had. Okay. Um, that resonates with me because um, I've always, you know, looked at prayer. Or I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't say always, but I have learned, you know, with time and, and looking at prayer that, you know, we're praying to the God of the universe. We're praying to the God who created everything that we see. So, you know, we can come to him before the throne of grace, right? And mm-hmm. ask for absolutely anything. And, you know, I've heard, you know, in my experience, you know, people ask for, you know, seemingly small things when it's like, you're praying to the God of the universe. He can increase your life, you know, exponentially. Like, why are you praying these small prayers? So, 
that sounds like a really good read, something I definitely want to pick up. Absolutely, Dolly. And that is the basis of living powerfully. Sure. You're praying to the God of the universe. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, Shirley, can you tell me, like, what advice would you give to that single mom who's listening to this podcast? She has three kids to care for. She's feeling disenchanted. She's struggling to find the courage and energy just to keep up with the everyday responsibilities of life. I mean, she sees that mountain in front of her. What advice would you give for her? I would, I would, I would ask, I would say to her to, the one thing I say to myself is just go ahead and eat the chocolate. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is that that mountain is big. I'm going to get to the top of it, but what do I need in order for me to just feel good in this moment right now? If that is, to, to um, go take a walk on the beach, do that. If that is to eat chocolate, because I love chocolate, and that always makes me feel good, so that is what I go to sometimes, darling. Um, if that is to call a girlfriend and have it going well because you have three children, you have her come over and, and you guys um, have lunch at your house. I don't care if it's just a fast food place because you need interaction. Whatever that is, it's going to make you feel good right now in the moment. It's not gonna hurt you, obviously do that right now then get back up and begin taking the pedals and the rocks at the end of the mountain and then keep moving them out of the way until you get to the top of the mountain the mountain just looks big but as soon as you get up close to it it's not as big as you think it is just keep moving the rocks moving the rocks climbing climbing moving the rocks until you get to the top of it fantastic advice just one thing at a time Um, Shirley, we talked today about, you know, increasing your life, living powerfully, um, you know, overcoming failure. I really appreciate your time, your energy and everything that you provided today. Um, How would someone find you and find more information on Life on Power? You would go to lifeonpower.com on social media is at everything Shirley Tolliver. I whether it's IG, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, everything is at Shirley Tolliver. And lifeonpower.com is the um, website that you would um, check out. And you, I have a small video that gives you an introduction of Life on Power that I would invite you to listen to. Fantastic. And do you have any events coming up? Yes. Our annual What If She Knew She Was Powerful Luncheon. It is Saturday, June 29th, 2019 on Fort Lauderdale Beach at the Westin from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. It is an awesome experience that's really, it sounds like a great summer experience, but it's really a mid-year level up. Um, speakers, panelists, um, there are some experiences that are creative, like live music and spoken word as well. Fantastic. And I encourage anyone who's listening, who is looking for a daily dose of positivity, follow Shirley Tolliver on Instagram. You'll surely get lots of messages full of energy and empowerment. Shirley, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Dolly, for inviting me.